Hey guys, uh, so last Friday, uh, which was the 24th, Kia and I recorded a podcast, um, and two days later, uh, Kobe passed away. Kobe, his daughter, and seven other people died in a helicopter crash, and it was, uh, it's really devastating. I can't remember an athlete death uh, in my life having this profound of an effect on everybody I'm connected with. Uh, and uh, we actually, you know, this podcast was recorded before he died, and we spent the first 10 minutes of the podcast. It was the day after the UConn-Tennessee game, and I believe he ha- he and Gianna went to that game and uh he did a bunch of interviews there. He did a bunch of interviews last week about um WNBA players and potentially you know if they could play in the WNBA if they could play in the NBA if some of them could uh and his general love for the WNBA. And so we talked about him a bunch at the beginning of this podcast uh that's about to go up or that is up that you're about to listen to the rest of. And, uh, he, yeah, we, so the tone is way different. We're going to do another podcast about him, just a whole podcast about him, because I think he's the one, at least one of the most five, at least one of the five most interesting basketball players ever. It's like him, Probably Jordan, probably Kareem. To me, Magic and Iverson, I think, are the five most interest. And, I mean, there's other guys, like Duncan's right on the edge. There's other guys, but those to me, those are the five most interesting. And I also think that of his era, I put him as top three. I, I mean, I put Duncan number one, and then I go back and forth with Shaq and Kobe for two of that era. Um, so obviously we have the utmost respect for Kobe. I, uh, I loved watching Kobe as a father too. It was just so inspiring to me because I have a daughter and he has all daughters and just the way he was able to instill competitive fire in his daughters. I really looked up to him and looked at him as a role model and a template for good parenting, um, which is, I guess, a little bit corny to look at a stranger for parenting inspiration, but that's how uh, I think transcendent his relationships with his daughters were. That you know, there's a lot of celebrities and there's a lot of pro athletes, but there's not a lot of them where you're aware of how many kids they have and what their kids' interests are. I So on the podcast, we were joking about Kobe's relationships with his daughters because this was before it happened. And I was making fun of, uh, I mean, it's it's the tamest ribbing in history, but I, I don't think anybody could possibly be offended by it. But I was making fun of the nepotism element of him already penciling in one of his daughters for, uh, for Georgetown. And I... Or not for Georgetown, for UConn. And I, uh, and I was just 
speaking of the general jealousy that I have for his kids because I think he's that good of a dad. And uh, so if you don't want to hear jokes about me being jealous of Kobe's daughters because that's how good of a daddy is, then or maybe maybe you want to save this podcast for you know a week or two when you're further in your grieving process. I get that. I mean, I didn't. That's why I'm not releasing it Sunday night or today. Even it'll probably come out tomorrow. Either Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll release it. But yeah, um, I would say uh, if you want to talk to somebody about Kobe and you don't have anybody in your life to talk to about Kobe, reach out to me on social media. Reach out to Key on social media. Reach out to, you know, one of the hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people who's written some uh, sentiment on social media about Kobe. I mean, that's the one thing social media is good for. And, uh, yeah, connect with somebody about it because, I mean, we talked about this on the podcast, but one of the reasons he's so important is because, especially if you're around my age or around Kia's age, he was one of the first athletes I can remember that felt like he was around our age. So, uh, I understand if this is a devastating thing. I mean, it's, it's is for me and I was a Wizards fan. And so it's not like you have to be a Laker fan for this to really hit you. I mean, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the podcast, but uh, I might have. I might have juxtaposed Kobe's post-NBA career to Iverson's. And Kobe's was so, uh, was so, like was flourishing. He had this <clears throat> he had by far the best post NBA career of any basketball player ever. I mean, I know there's guys like Shaq and Magic that have made more money, but Kobe's was limitless. It's like Shaq and Magic, they were like on a Jay Z trajectory and Kobe was like doing Tyler the Creator things where you're like, how is this basketball player, he's going to be able to, he's going to do everything. Like, I mean, hopefully he doesn't make music again, but he can, his movie, his like short movies good. His show on ESPN is good. And it seems like he makes it completely by himself. Like he's like flea bagging his ESPN show. Like he's doing it on his own. Is It's like his Atlanta. It's really good. And it's really good. And he's, uh, He's, he was capable of anything. And I, so I think I made fun of Iverson for not, for having kind of a disappointing post NBA career. So, but yeah, the tone is not, uh, the tone of today because the, this podcast was recorded before Kobe passed away. But there is a lot of love for Kobe in this podcast accidentally because we didn't know what was going to happen. But, uh, so I'm saying all that to let people know before they keep listening. Um, but I hope that you do listen and I hope that you, uh, see how much Key and I love Kobe, uh, and I hope some of it resonates with you. So, uh, enjoy the rest of the podcast and, uh, yeah, if it's difficult time, if it's a difficult thing for you right now, uh, reach out 
and uh, and we can all go from there. Welcome to the Hangtime Podcast. I'm Will Posnan, and I'm joined by my co-host, New York Liberty Center, Kia Stokes. Hello, hello. And uh, Kia, did you watch uh, UConn, Tennessee last night? I did not. We had early practice today um, at like 10, so I was definitely passed out. But I saw the score, so, you know, I was very pleased. Yeah. Although I wish they would have beat them by more, but, you know, I'll take <laughs> I'll take a win. So what would be – what what are you – like when they play, what – amount are you hoping that UConn wins by like is 25 enough what was it a 15 point victory yeah it was 15 points I mean okay honestly just because of UConn like I want them to win by 100 like no matter who they play (laughs) but as far as like in terms of the rivalry and you know the ratings and all that the competitiveness of like where college basketball is going on the women's side I would like it to be close but you know as like a UConn fan like no we need to beat them by 100 every time but you know well, I just never had the chance to play Tennessee, so it's it's I'm trying to live through them, you know. Vicariously. Yeah, we weren't a part of that rivalry. You know, we had it was like us and Notre Dame basically. Well, I it think, wasn't us in Tennessee. I think that's Tennessee's fault because you guys were, you know, you guys were at the end of March still playing every year, and they weren't. <laughs> I mean, it, I could see how you might be able to see it that way. I think there was um. <laughs> A little bit more involved when it came to why we didn't play, um, like in a non-conference schedule. But sure. you know, I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. You know, that was before <laughs> my time, and I'm gonna just yeah, scratch that. <laughs> well, maybe they maybe they can beat uh, Tennessee by a hundred when Kobe's daughter officially joins UConn. I mean, it's a it's a big possibility. We will see though. She I don't even know how old she is. She got away. She's to like college. fourteen. What do you think of all this basketball nepotism? Like people are already penciling LeBron and Dwayne Wade's kids into the NBA. Kobe's like, my daughter's gonna play at UConn, and you know, is she good enough? I mean, who knows? I mean, I just feel like they gotta be good enough. No, I mean, okay. Well, I think only have one to... of them is a basketball psycho. I think the other one's more normal. She's into like K-pop and stuff. I don't know what Kobe's. Oh, it would be weird if I knew what Kobe's. Do... I just know that he <laughs> said that one of his kids is psycho about basketball and the other doesn't care as much. Okay, well, the ones that are psycho, you know, he's given them the right opportunity. I'm sure <laughs> she can do and get whatever she needs in terms of training wise. So. Like, I feel like if she really wants it and works hard enough, like, she can get to whatever level. Same thing as with, like, the LeBron and D. Wade sons. Like, they can literally, they're going to be given the opportunity. They have all, like, everything you could possibly want. Uh, so it kind of is just, you know, up to them to make it happen. I I uh, don't like hearing about LeBron's son anymore just because. He's it, all over the news. <laughs> no, but it's just so clear that he has more resources than any kid who's ever pursued the game of basketball. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he's already yeah. on the same LeBron workout regimen and food regimen and all that stuff. And he's not the best player on his AAU team, but he gets, I think, the most minutes. I don't know. It's uh, if It makes me feel jealous. That's all it is. I just feel jealous. <laughs> I'm so jealous of LeBron's son. Not of LeBron, but of LeBron's son. I mean, I'm jealous of LeBron's son, too. What? LeBron is his dad. No, don't get me wrong. I love my father. I would never change my father. Let me just put that out there. But <laughs> LeBron? Come on, now. It's LeBron. <laughs> no, it's yeah, pretty cool. That's like, you know, it's kind of a big deal. But Greg Stokes, he's a big deal, too. So what's up? That's my dad. <laughs> so what's up? <laughs> uh, do you hear what Kobe said about uh, about the WNBA? 
Um, no. Which part? He said that uh, he named three players who, who oh, he thought yeah. could play in the in the NBA. Yeah, he what did he say? Deladon, DT, and Maya. Um, it was Deladon. Maya. Yeah, it was. Yep, those are the three. Yeah. I mean, I would kind of agree with that. I don't know. I just. Uh, it's just tough, you know. I'm not hating on our, our sport and whatnot, but if you think about it, you know, the biggest, most athletic players in the NBA are going to be way stronger, faster, bigger than, you know, our players in the league. I just feel like you just really can't compare. Well, like, there'll be players that could, there'll be players in our league that can beat players in, you know, their league, but I just feel like if you go, like, position-wise by position, it would be pretty tough. Well, I think that... uh with Diana Taurasi, I think that just like the way she plays, it probably wouldn't work because she's so physical and I don't think that would work. But I think that any WNBA player who is in the NBA, you go, well, it's defense is going to be probably a bigger issue than offense. But, you know, yeah. Trey Young is untradeable and he might be the worst defender in the whole NBA. So, that is very true, you know? So I was trying to think who those three people would look like if they were, like, what styles they would have to replicate. And I think with Deladon, she does a lot of stuff that Diana Taurasi does, but I think if she were in the NBA, she would kind of have to do more of a Kyle Korverish thing. And she can shoot, so I think that she could do it. Like, she shoots, like, 46% from three, like, something crazy, you know? Yeah, it's, like, really crazy. Like, her shot is, like, it looks the same, like... Every time she shoots it, it looks the same. I was like, wow, I wish I had that kind of those kind of mechanics because that is crazy. It's insane how good her jump shot is. But so I think if she were in the NBA, she would have to play completely differently. I don't think she'd be a lead ball handler. I think she would be like doing a Kyle Korver, JJ Redick type style of play. But I think Maya could be. I think she could play like Trey Young and do a lot of the same things if she was in the NBA. Unfortunately, she just said that she's. Not going to play again this year, I believe, yeah. because of wrongful imprisonments around the country. Like, it's all about activism, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, I believe that everyone does everything in their, this is going to sound weird, like, in their life for a reason. So I feel like, you know, basketball, at least right now, like, got her to this point where she's, you know, kind of a big name. She has money. She has a platform. And I think basketball took her to that, and I think she realizes now that, she, like, her calling is kind of towards somewhere else. So that's why she took last year off. That's why she's taking this year off. Like, because I think her passion right now is not basketball. I think it's helping these people or trying to like, you know, be more social and like the activism kind of thing and just trying to make a difference in the world. Like I said, she used basketball to get to this point because, you know, the WNBA wouldn't be where it is without Maya as well. And so she has this platform and I think she's just found her way to use it, you know? Definitely. So basketball is probably not, you know, as fulfilling to her right now as it used to be. I also think that uh, she needs to get a show. Like she needs, she has such great and interesting ideas, and it's a shame that we only hear about them at, you know, in the WNBA off season when she announces. Like, I think that she's doing a really cool thing by leveraging her platform in this way. I just wish that, you know, she could do it more effectively. And whether that's ESPN or Nike or whoever. Or somebody just giving her the the platform to make that even a bigger spotlight on what, she, you know, basically I think this year, 
the issue for her is wrongful imprisonments of people mm-hmm. around the country. Yeah, like, just imagine, like, LeBron saying, like, I'm going to sit out this season. I'm going to help this. Like, there would be so many. They would change it. Stories, videos, like, everything about what is he doing and why and who is this person he's helping and why is this person so special to them. Like, there would be so many stories and, like, just media on this topic. LeBron's it just kind of sucks. that Because, like, to be honest, like, Maya is, like, our LeBron. Like, mm-hmm. she's going to go down as one of the greatest ever to play the game. And she retired, like... While she's still, or not retired, but I like think she's she the greatest ever. I think she's the greatest women's basketball player ever. She, I mean, she got potential to be that, but I'm just saying, like, there's no, like, nobody on the men's side has ever done this, and she's still in her prime, and like, we don't know if she's gonna come back or not. Like, there's rumors saying that she won't, she will retire. There's some saying that she won't retire. We don't know. Only Maya knows that. But no NBA player just stops. I think Wilt kind of did it. Wilt took huh? two years off and played with the Harlem Globetrotters. I think that's the closest parallel. That don't even make, that don't even count. Like the Globetrotters, what they doing? No, but that the idea was <laughs> that the idea at the time was like Wilt was eschewing this white organization, which was the NBA, for this black traveling uh, basketball company. That was like, uh-huh, a, okay. so it was more political than it seems like in our modern day. But like the Harlem Globetrotters, you got to remember, this is the 1960s and, or yeah, I think it was, it was the 60s and an all black team was beating an all white team every night and making them look foolish. Like the Washington generals were like tripping on their shoelaces and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And you know, it's like, I'm very proud of Maya. I think it's great what she's doing. Um, I mean, it kind of sucks for us as a league because we want her in there. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we play basketball. She's, you know, saving someone's lives or multiple people's lives. So, you know, it can't really compare. But she's also only able to do that because you guys play basketball. Like, that's the thing. LeBron doesn't exist in a vacuum. If he wasn't the best – he can't be the best player in the NBA if there's no NBA. And same with Maya in the WNBA. And I just hope that uh, LeBron has her on the shop multiple times because she deserves the chance to basically, you know, be as loud as she can about this issue. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. We will see. Um, I'll have to look into more exactly, like, who she is helping and if it's more than one person now. Um, I don't know. It's just, like, I'm happy. Like I said, I'm happy for her. But it's, it's like, I know that was tough for her. It's mm-hmm. definitely tough. If you grow up playing basketball, that's your, like, entire life, and then you completely change it, that's just hard to imagine. <laughs> yeah, and she's clearly a deeply competitive person. I mean, it's not easy to be, like, to get to the level she was at of just perennial perennial first team, all WNBA, year after year after year. Uh, now I think that uh, – I, I agree with you. If LeBron – I mean, LeBron wanted – his pet project was – to basically pull the rug out from under the NCAA in terms of trying to force them to pay their athletes. And Mm -hmm. he was able to accomplish that while filming Space Jam and doing an HBO (laughs) show and changing teams and managing the Lakers. So (laughs) if LeBron LeBron, uh, wanted to help with the issue of wrongful imprisonment, it would be, I mean... Look how much, like, Jay-Z and Meek Mill putting their names behind this issue. Just the issue of, like, probation loopholes and stuff just mm-hmm. shine. I didn't even know about that five years ago. I didn't either. Like, it's just, 
I don't know. It's just crazy. I hope I hope that they can get together and do something. I mean, I hope the NBA players actually start talking about it because we can talk about it. Our league can talk about it. Our following can. But, you know, the NBA versus WNBA marketing-wise, fan-wise, is completely different. Yeah. So even if, you know, one or two NBA guys start talking about it, it's going to catch on like that. Yeah, I think so, too. And, I mean, that's what happened with Trayvon Martin and with uh, with Tamir Rice and with uh, police shootings was the WNBA mm-hmm. started talking about it and then the NBA did a few months later. And I think the same thing could potentially happen. I think the one difficult thing with this issue is uh, it's it's just a little bit more uh, gray in terms of with police shootings you go, well, these police are clearly entering these situations with a completely different energy than they would in an affluent white neighborhood. But like with wrongful imprisonment and stuff, it's like juries that are doing the wrong thing and judges. So it's kind of all of us. And it's, yeah. it's just such a big, it's, it's just connected with such a big thing that it might feel difficult to fix. But I think it's all this stuff is fixable. I think people should have more faith in themselves in terms of fixing broken systems. Yeah, I mean, that sounds good, but, like, my, I mean, my question is, where do you start? And I guess Maya took that, and she said, this is how I'm going to start. So, I guess you, if you really care and you feel like you can do something, I guess you just start with whatever you can do, but. Well, can't we start with the people who have been in jail 20 years and the evidence is shaky? Because even if they were guilty, they're still in jail 20 years, you know, like. They got arrested when they were 28, and now they're 48. They're a completely different person. So if they've been in jail 20 years on shaky evidence, yeah, I think that's the place to start. You just Yeah, okay. Well, when you put it like that, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like people need more compassion for – you know what? I saw – this is a, a crazy meme. This is the only time I've ever seen a meme that made me think. Uh, the meme said liberals can wrap their minds around somebody – being born a woman and deciding and changing their or when uh, I'm going to get this right liberals can get their <laughs> can wrap their minds around somebody being born a woman a woman and realizing that they're a man but they can't wrap their minds around somebody being convicted of a crime and realizing how to be a good person I mean yeah, that's crazy when you put it like that. Well, it's like you, if you get convicted of a crime, you can't vote for forever. Uh, a lot of jobs will never hire you. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. And I don't know anybody that's the same person at 22 and at 53. So, Man, I'm not even the same person I was at 22, and I'm 26. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, luckily you weren't a murderer four years ago. But, yeah, no, it's definitely uh, – it's yeah, same with me and same with everybody. I'm not the same person I was, you know, ten. Not to be dramatic, but you know, before I had a kid, like ten months ago, I'm not the same person. I'm just way different. It changed. Right. Like uh, people just, yeah, they just change over time. They grow up. They learn. Yeah. Like it's just a part of life. Yeah. So, to loop it back. We all support what Maya's doing. I think that's fair to say. Me and you both support what Maya's doing. Absolutely. And uh, and to loop it back to the UConn game, so I was watching, and you know what's become a giant part of the women's game is the step-back three, and I'm sure you've noticed this. 
And my question for you is how do you feel about the potential for there to be like 12 uh, James Hardens in the WNBA in the next five years? I mean, as a post player, you know, we got to switch on them, you know, not the biggest fan, but that's the way, if that's the way the game is going, you know, that's the way it's going. I'm just not a, I don't know. I you like hate it. it. Be honest. You hate it. I mean, yeah, I just, I mean, he's good at what he does. Okay. Yeah. Right. And a lot of your colleagues are emulating it and it's efficient, but you hate it. But is it really that efficient? I mean, yeah, it's three pointers and foul shots. So it's Yeah, but until he starts missing all them threes and then what? He go two for seventeen from three and then how efficient is that? Yeah, but though I mean he doesn't go two for so I mean I, I guess a few times in the playoffs he does, but you know, uh there's a lot of uh incredibly good three-point shooters in the WNBA, and they might not have that issue. They might be like James Harden 2.0, and then, I don't know. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how he specifically changes the WNBA, because what he does is so emulatable, whereas, you know, what Russell Westbrook does is a little harder for a WNBA player to emulate, but they can do basically exactly what he does. Uh, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's just like... I don't think I want to say it's boring to watch because when he's on fire, that's incredible. You're just like, wow, yeah. like that's crazy. But then I just, I don't know. I guess it's just the games change as time goes and you got to find, you know, the next way to be unguardable. And if this is the next way, then that's it. But damn, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely think uh, I see why it would be frustrating. And I also – think it's really interesting because uh yeah it looks so good in the highlight reel like on espn's top plays and stuff Mm -hmm. but then when you're watching the game it you go okay another one of these like you almost want them to limit it i mean it's just gonna it's gonna happen but i think the logical progression is uh, uh perimeter defense will get better like we'll get even better to adjust to this and then a new thing will take over it's not like the NBA and WNBA are just going to be every team having a James Harden for forever. Right. I think people are going to know, like, if it's their strength or not. I feel like, at least on the women's side, I feel like we have players that that can do that, and they would be really good at it. But I also feel like we just play the game different than the guys do. Yeah. So I feel like, I don't know. We'll see <laughs> like how it goes. So I have a I have a couple of Instagram questions. Was there anything else uh, from this week that you wanted to talk about before we get to these? Um, there was something, but now I kind of forgot. Today was I was distracted all day, so <laughs> it's my mind is gone. Well, so go ahead with the questions. <laughs> if, it, if it was the CBA, the first question is about that from Manda eight eight nine zero. What do you think of Kia? What do you think of the? Uh, the new collective bargaining agreement. I'm really excited. I feel like we got basic stuff that we should have already gotten at being a pro athlete. For example, like our own hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we're all grown women, 22 and older, some married, some, you know, with kids that had to share a room. I just feel like that's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. So, like, that's one. Well, you could have you at the, you're supposed, like, the old CBA, you had a roommate up until your sixth year. Like, you had to do five years <laughs> completed and then your sixth year, knowing that not everybody makes it, you know, six years in the league. So, mm-hmm. I thought that one was, like, great. Um, they increased, um, like the salary, obviously that's a bonus. Um, like added a hundred thousand dollars to the max, a little more, um, actually. And then there's room to make more through league sponsorships, um, because that money's coming from the NBA. Like that's not coming from us. So mm-hmm. like even the NBA threw a little money our way. Appreciate it, y'all. Cause I know y'all got billions. Okay. Um, and then even like traveling, they, you know, guaranteed comfort seats. Um, sometimes we were like sitting and coach, like. That's crazy. Okay, that that is bad. crazy. I mean, no, that is crazy like, I mean, for like, no, a professional athlete whose whole skill set is built around, you know, them having a, uh, like a taller frame than most people. Like, I, I don't think that's news to anybody that professional basketball players are taller than the average person and they're sitting in coach. But to... it's not even coach. It's like we stuck in the middle seats going on to LA, you know, from New York, a six hour flight. And like sometimes if they don't have um, comfort, we don't get comfort. So we're stuck in the back and like, okay, I know I'm not NBA size who's like average six nine or however tall they are. Like I'm still six four. Like I don't fit. Yeah. So, and there's players that are taller than me, like very much taller. And you're taller. going, you're on your way, you're not on your way to go sit in a board meeting. You're on your way to go play a professional sport for people to watch. It's yes. crazy. That's crazy. So even like, so yeah, so like stuff like that, I feel like we should have had that. Mm-hmm. Like it shouldn't have taken this long. So I'm just really glad that I feel like we got actually, you know, okay, now we're being treated more like a professional organization. Um, and then there's like a bunch of childcare stuff. And so obviously I'm really close with Bria. So she's like super excited about all that. Um, but yeah, I just think overall it's good. I just think it shows that, you know, our new president or commissioner, whatever her title is these days, um, she just like really like she bought into the league. She believes in us. Um, Elizabeth Williams is my teammate out here who's also on the executive committee, um, who organized like of our union. So she kind of kept me in the loop a little bit and she just said like, these negotiations were amazing. Like Kathy, the commissioner was like really willing to work with us and work hard. And like, she wanted us to finish it. Like we didn't want to lock out. We didn't want this and this and this. And she was just like super willing and just knew what we wanted and tried to compromise as much as he could. So it just, like gave me a lot of hope for the future. Um, I think this CBA is for eight years with the option to opt out in six. So we'll, you know, reevaluate things in six years. And it was just like, everyone was super happy and excited. And I feel like, you know, everyone in the league kind of got this like weight lift off their shoulders because it's like, yes, now we have people who like believe in us, believe in the league, our talents, like us as individuals. And I think it just like shows that we're going in the right direction. And I think that's kind of all we hope for. I mean, yes, we want all the stuff that came with it, but I think we just want the support and knowing that, you know, she's going to have our back um, and try to do what she can to keep this league alive and keep it growing. Well, I think that uh, the biggest thing from it was that the NBA, which is the parent company, invested heavily. Like, they're they're showing a commitment. And I think that uh, the two big factors outside of the WNBA that led to this were uh, the U.S. women's soccer team, which... Just made it clear that it's the thing I've been saying for like 
so many years, which is just that people want to know athletes' personalities, and you just have to market them as interesting individuals. And that's <laughs> that's just the big gap between what the NBA has been doing and what the WNBA has been doing. Like the U.S. woman, it's not a. Everybody knows that the men's soccer, the U.S. men's soccer team would beat the U.S. women's soccer team in a game of soccer. But at the end of the day, with sports. It comes down to are you the best in your field and also are you an interesting person? Like the reason people love Usain Bolt is because – like he might be more popular than any – he is more popular than any American sprinter and it's because he's better than them but also because he's more interesting. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the U.S. women's soccer team showed uh, this template for marketing female athletes and you see ESPN doing the same thing with Shanae. It's all like – they have Shanae on, and they make sure to ask her about stuff outside of basketball. They right. Let her be passionate. Like they're not scared for her to be. Uh, they they don't want her to sound robotic. They want to give her opportunities to be passionate and to get animated. Like that's what people want from athletes. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Like you just have to show the other side and like show them that we're more than just athletes and that we have personality. Yeah. Even though I just said that so monotone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, just, uh, yeah, with whether it's LeBron or Megan Rapinoe, it's like that's there. The through line is that is the personality, and I, you know, I think that, uh, I think people will be shocked to know how many really compelling, uh. Like how many compelling athletes there are in the WNBA that say that are just great interviews that you you watch their interviews on YouTube and they're great and I think you're one of them I think that you're really good at just being yourself uh, when there's a microphone in front of you and uh, the NBA is able to market Kawhi Leonard who is the worst at this that I've ever seen so if they can market him are you sure it's NBA marketing him? Because I feel like it's social media that does all the hard work, and they make light <laughs> and they make jokes out of his interviews. Because I feel like, well, at least I feel like the NBA they just take his pictures. They don't really do his interviews too much. I guess, but the NBA is like their media people are connected with ESPNs and all of these, and Sports Illustrated's and all of these. And there's this narrative around Kawhi that he's this uh, maniacal genius who is not – who's, like, putting up a fake facade <laughs> for the media, and it's caught on on, like, basketball Reddit and stuff where people are like – Oh, my gosh. And, he, you know, he did go on Serge Ibaka's show and kind of show a glimpse that he might be different than this guy that gives the most stiff <laughs> – Oh, hold on. Sorry. We got to take a, a no two-minute break. No problem. That's, that's the Kawhi censor button. If you start talking bad about Kawhi, then the doorbell goes off. Can you hear my Turkish? Yeah, was that Turkish? Yeah, I'm fluent. Wow, it sounded... Like, it could have been anything because you were far away from the mic, but I was, I'm impressed now that I know it was Turkish. I mean, he basically just said, someone's at the door, can they come up? So I say, yes, you can come up, thank you. Oh, wow. You didn't even just do the bare bones of yes, you really 
I might have to leave this in so people know that you're you're fluent in uh, Uber Eats Turkish. Uh, yes, I wish it was Uber Eats. It's actually called Yemeksepedi, is the food delivery app, but I'm more of just like, I need my trainer to give me this ice bag real quick. It's <laughs> really all I need. So uh, the, the next, the other uh, question I got off Instagram, uh, it actually lends itself to Kawhi conspiracy theories. Jason wanted to know if there was any conspiracy theories that you believe. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, if you like start naming some common ones, maybe I'll agree. And JFK, do you do you believe in JFK? Uh, was killed by the government? Nah. No. Okay. Uh, moon landing being fake. Do you believe that? Nah, that that gotta be real, right? I, I think so. I think the moon landing is real. Why would What's, we lie about that? Why Why would we lie? Do you believe that uh, – these next two are weird, but do you believe that Hitler or Jeffrey Epstein are still alive somewhere in Argentina or in, in an island that is Tupac uncharted? still alive. That's Tupac. What that's <laughs> okay. Um, Hitler, no. Epstein, maybe. I feel I like with know. Tupac, he'd, he'd be putting out more music. Like I know he released a bunch of stuff posthumously, but – he didn't release – he released about the same amount posthumously as, like, Mac Miller. Like, I feel like Tupac, if he were still alive, it would have been – he wouldn't have let Jay-Z go down as the greatest body of work in hip-hop. Or Kanye or – it's either – I think it's either Jay-Z, Kanye, or Lil Wayne. So I, I mean, maybe he just didn't want that – like, maybe he just didn't want that no more. It was getting too much for him. He just wanted to just <laughs> – I'm good on that. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah. Okay, so – so to answer it, you believe that Tupac is still alive? Yeah, I guess that's my main one. I think so. So Biggie died for nothing. Ah, oh, damn. Yeah. That's a damn. shame. It is a shame. Maybe they're both still alive. I mean, you can believe that they're both. They, they might be on vacation together. Maybe that beef wasn't real. I don't yeah. know. That's why Snoop Dogg's always in such a good mood because he knows that he gets to oh. – he's like the in-between. He gets to go to Tupac yeah. Island and hang out with them. Oh yeah, I think I think you might be onto something. Yeah, and that's why Diddy's in a bad mood because Biggie was <laughs> like, "Oh well, I don't." <laughs> he just broke off communication. Damn. I mean, I mean Snoop seems a lot more fun than Diddy. Can we agree about that? Uh, yes. Yeah. Snoop like seems like the uncle who really doesn't give a shit and just wants to smoke and crack jokes all day. Yeah. Diddy seems like the billion dollar mogul that got to keep his shit together. So. I feel like Diddy's always party planning and his parties are still less fun than Snoop Dogg's. Oh, one moment again. Sorry. That's a problem. That's basically, uh, all I had for this week. So, uh. Okay, I'm back for real this time. <laughs> well, I, I was saying that I think that's basically all I had for this week. So, uh, is it really? Yeah, I just had I uh, I was really curious to hear what you thought about the Kobe thing and the CBA, and uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. I mean, Damn, we could. I feel like I had something, but what was it? I don't even know. <laughs> well, oh well, I just give you updates on our season out here. Oh yeah, tell me. Um, so. I don't know. You, did I tell you that we lost our first game in Turkish League like two weeks ago? No, I didn't know that. Okay, well, that sucked. We lost to Kiavan, who was on my team last year out here. 
We just played so bad. But anyways, we're still in first in Turkish League. We had a game on Wednesday this week in EuroLeague, and we won. So with that win, we clinched our spot in the quarterfinals. Great. Yes, for EuroLeague. So that's good. Um, We get to go to Italy on Tuesday. Well, on Monday, play on Tuesday. And then we have a break um, starting from the 1st to the 8th of February. So I'm trying to figure out where I should go because I need a tan. (laughs) <laughs> well, so, you know where it's underrated is Portugal is awesome. Portugal is such a great place. Really? Is yeah. it warm enough to go to the beach now? Yeah, you, know? you go to southern Portugal, like near Faro, like on the southern tip. Oh, yeah, there's, there's some places. I'll, uh, really? And then Ibiza is the one that everybody loves. Ah, okay. Yeah, because I just need some sun because we have, um, like, after the games, they have, like, the MVPs, like, the top three performers from our team. So, like, a couple weeks ago, I was with Alina, who's from Ukraine, and Chechi, who's from Italy, and me, all next to each other. And they're, like, super pale and white, and I'm next <laughs> to them. I look damn near the same color. So, <laughs> I just feel like this Turkish weather is sucking all this color from my skin. I just need a little bit of a tan yeah. so I can look like a mixed girl because I am a mixed girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, go to Ibiza. They'll, uh, they'll, there's some great beaches there and, yeah, I would recommend Ibiza. I'd recommend Portugal. Uh, so okay. I know, uh, you're generally pretty hard on yourself, but how, uh, how do you feel about how you've been playing? Um, better. Um, pretty good as of lately. Great. Um, had a couple of good games. Uh, but like beginning of the season, I was so mad because I wasn't playing. Um, but that's like a whole other thing, probably not for everyone's <laughs> ears. Um, but they figured but, it out and they've given you more time and stuff. Yeah, well, I had a meeting with my coach and, um, well, it was more like a lecture. He lectured me, but, um, you know, I'm gonna just let him have it and just do what I can and try to take what he says. I'm like his, I wouldn't say guinea pig, but I just feel like there's 10 people on the team, right? Mm -hmm. And then all 10 could mess up, but only one is getting yelled at and that one is me. Sure. I know I know he likes me, and now that I'm playing, I'm really not complaining anymore. I just kind of tone it out, like, okay. I was like, you're right, man. My bad. I got it. My bad. You're right. I think sometimes coaches, they want to do the thing of, like, they're hard on you on the front end. And then even with uh, with with Kelsey's story about Bill Lambeer, it's like they want to be super hard on the front end, and then when they ease up, they want to act like it's this monumental shift in their – assessment of you but you're like you were always planning on easing up at game 10 and you know. right exactly so i don't think too much of it i just you know <laughs> do what i can try to do uh, my part and try to stay positive and go from there yeah okay great well uh it's i mean i know how how hard you are on yourself about your playing so if i i'm and i see on social media it looks like it's going really well so I think yeah, not too bad. You guys are not first in your bad. league. How mad can your coach be? You're first. Uh, in your league. You would be surprised. You would be very surprised. <laughs> I think that's uh, one another good shift that the NBA has taken that um, the rest of the basketball world can follow is that it seems like the best basketball environments are environments where people are happy and having fun. I mean, you look at the best teams in the world, uh, whether it's the Lakers or last year's Warriors or this Bucks team, even like overachieving teams like the Raptors. It just seems like everybody's happy. And that is such a big factor. The Miami heat is another team where 
I don't. If you're gonna watch uh, one team that like in the next few weeks, I would so recommend the Heat because they're so fun to watch, and they're so they enjoy it so much. And it's so weird because Jimmy Butler like has been asking for this for five years, and everybody was like, "You no, you don't deserve a team built around you." And now that he has it, it's great. And he was right, and everyone was wrong. Right. So. Mm. I might check them out a little more. Yeah, so send send some videos to your coach and be like, look, <laughs> look how happy Bam Adebayo is. Just being right. set up to play to his strengths. Just saying, coach. You can say it in right. Turkish because I don't, I don't know any Turkish. Uh, yeah, no, but I mean, I do like my coach. He's just crazy in a good way, but I mean, he means well. But the one thing that I will say is, like, sometimes he gets, like, super crazy, and everyone on the team feels it, and we just, uh, like, come together as a team. We're like, okay, ignore him, and, like, let's just do what we know how to do and, like, play for us. And, like, that's, like, when we start playing good, and then he relaxes, and then everything is smooth sailing after that. Uh, do you think that if somebody asked him about that, he would be like, uh, wait, they're doing that? Or do you think he'd be like, just as I planned? Um, he'd probably be like, I don't care. They work hard, and I just want them to be perfect. Like he's so positive, I can't even be mad at him. Okay. Like he's a, he annoys me, and he's crazy. But at the end of the day, he's always positive. Like I don't know how to describe him. He's Spanish. I don't know if that means anything. Not to but... me, but maybe to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like always high energy, and he's just like I mean, he'll get mad, and like like I said, he'll cuss me out. But at, after the game, he's like, you you did great today. You did great today. Oh, I was great. like, thank you. Yeah, like, so he's like, like I said, like, I talk a bunch of shit, but like, no, I really like him. Cool. Like, he's good. Yeah, he's good. Great. Well, I uh, wish you continued success, especially <laughs> with getting a tan. I know that's really important to you. That's like a big priority right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks to, to you guys for listening and keep sending in questions and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you guys. Thanks.